I think as lawyers we feel that we sort of have to fit into a little bit of a box around how a lawyer should, be should behave, how they should present themselves externally. And I found that was often a disconnect with lots of the people I, I knew who were, who were fun and took really real joy in what they were doing. And just another point that I'm still, I think, learning as I go along is not, I think, really remembering to think, um, to think long term, not fall in love with the solution rather than the problems. And subsequently, I think there have been moments where, definitely moments that have gone along, where I've received very well-intentioned advice from other entrepreneurs, partners, family, um, investors, potential investors. And advice can be quite a dangerous thing. So welcome to the latest episode of the Linklater's Ideas Foundry, where we talk about and try to unpick the art of working together in the 21st century organisation. Now, I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite a while, as my guest for this episode is someone who has navigated so smoothly between the worlds of private practice lawyer, in-house counsel and legal innovator. And someone who has done this while combining a flair for elegant design with a playful, maybe even crafty sense of fun. So it's who else but Ben White, the inspiration behind the collaborative community Crafty Council. Uh, so Ben, welcome to the Ideas Foundry. Ian, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's really wonderful to be here. Thank you. And look, let's start at the beginning, Ben. Um, tell me your career up until the inception of Crafty Council. Sure. So um, I was a practicing lawyer. Um, I started my career at Clifford Chance. Um, uh, so I was a, I trained and qualified there. I was a corporate lawyer doing corporate lawyer things, M&A, joint ventures, reorganizations, that sort of thing. Um, enjoyed it a lot, worked with some great people and some great clients, uh, and also travel as well, which was nice. Um, so I was there for about seven years um, in total, um, from 2009 through to 2016, um, at which point I moved in-house. Um, and so I'd done an in-house secondment at one point while I was an associate, quite liked that, quite liked the usual thing that in-house lawyers say, sort of being close to clients, seeing sort of pro what happens to transactions after they've closed, how the business changes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and I'd become quite interested also in startups and entrepreneurship. So in 2016, I left Clifford Chance. I moved in-house to a company called Global Fashion Group, which uh, is a, a venture-backed uh, e-commerce group. Uh, they own a number of sort of fast fashion websites in interesting markets like uh, uh, Malaysia, Chile, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I was a corporate counsel there. Um, and spent a couple of years uh, on with them while they went through a number of funding rounds, quite a lot of growth, um, quite a lot of M&A again, actually, and had quite a lot of fun while I was there. So there you are, you're in-house. Uh, so how did Crafty Council happen? What was, the, what was the inspiration behind it? Was this some kind of light bulb moment or was it a more of a slow burn thing? It was a bit of a burn, but it came from being in a sort of smallish legal team um, and feeling that it would be really helpful to see how others were tackling similar problems. So um, I felt in, in a number of things that we were doing, be that something sort of technical and legal, 
or something a bit more sort of practical, like how do we get all these documents signed in the most efficient way with all these people in our senior employees, but who are in different locations and, and so on. I thought um, it would be really nice to be able to just uh, speak to someone who'd done this before. That probably the answer wasn't that complicated, but um, we were sort of having to figure things out from first principles. Um, and part of that was the nature of being a startup. But I, but I thought, well, there must be people a bit like us, who the sort of version of Ben, probably just down the road, doing something very similar to what I'm trying to do now. And if I could just you know, tap into that person's brain, uh, that would be really, really helpful. And um, as I sort of mulled on this more and more, I realized it wasn't just the sort of technical legal things, but also a lot about um, the personal support, the collaboration. Where, do you, where does your career go when you've moved in-house? What happens next? Um, what does that journey look like? Um, lots of lawyers have a bit of a feeling for what that private practice trajectory looks like and the options that you have. In-house is much, uh, uh, much murkier. Um, and people do weird and wonderful things. So again, I thought there's something there where if you could have more of a community, bring people together, um, it would just really, really help. So that was sort of the beginnings of the idea that eventually turned into Crofty Council. Okay, and and in those early days, was there ever a sense that you know, it would become what it is today? Or did you see it more as a, as a kind of side project to your, your day-to-day role? It definitely started as a side project. Um, but I'd, I think for a long time, I've been harboring a, a bit of a pipe dream that I thought, you know, one day I'd really like to, I'd, I'd like to be an entrepreneur, I'd like to start a business. But I had a succession of really, really bad ideas. Uh, so somewhere there's still a business plan on a laptop for a whiskey di- distillery in Chile, um, which I still hope maybe one day to come back to. Um, the environment isn't so different to Scotland. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, thankfully um, for all impacted by, by that, didn't go down that route. Um, but I thought there might be something in this that um, I, I thought there was enough there that in-house is a growing part of the legal sector. More, the percentage of lawyers practicing in-house is increasing every year. Um, it's a, but it's a poorly understood sector, I think. And I thought there's something, something that we could build that was quite brand heavy. I was watching a lot of TED talks at the time. And I thought there should be something like this, something like TED, but for legal. I had all these sort of like half, half-baked ideas, but I thought this, if, if I could pull this together, I think there might be a business. But for practical reasons, I thought it would be much more sensible to start it as a bit of a side project and try and get the thing up, up off the ground, get something going before taking the plunge and doing it full-time. So there was about a year of side project before I started working on it full-time. And do you think that sometimes you, you need those bad ideas to have the good ideas? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just all part of, it is part of the process, I think. Um, and it's quite, quite hard to parse out what are, the, what are the bad ones, what are the good ones. Um, so I think testing is quite important. Um, and certainly with Crafty Council, I think, um, I think that it actually, even after I started working on it full time, uh, it took quite a while before I think we alighted on the right model. And indeed, I'm sure in a, in a year I'll be saying the same thing. But, um, but there was a point where I thought that you know, I, I, after a year or so, I did start working on it full time. And I thought that 
we had the right model, but I didn't realize how much we were still learning at that stage. And it would take quite a while of learning and experimentation before we got something more of how the business looks today. That's fascinating. And now, now one thing that, that struck me, you know, right from the early days of seeing you know, the first website, was there was a real playfulness and fun to it, uh, which was sort of not quite what I was expecting in the in the legal world. Was that a deliberate move? And if so, what was what was the thinking behind it? It was very deliberate. Um, so a lot of things have, have changed about Crafty Council along the way. Um, sort of business model things and um, aspects of of the execution, which we can get into. But a few things have always remained consistent. I think. One is the underlying problem of addressing this sort of isolation and atomization of in-house lawyers and how can we help address that. Um, and the other, I think, has been this sort of brand feel that um, we've now articulated that in a much crisper and I, I think fair to say sophisticated way. Thank, thank, th thankfully, because we have some really excellent people on the team now to help with that. Um, but even at the very beginning, I think, yeah, you're right. I, it was me at that time. I did try and and sort of grab a bit of sort of playfulness, a bit of fun. If you go on our website now, we say that we bring joy, insight, and connection for in-house legal professionals. And that word joy has always sort of been there. And it was from having been an in-house lawyer, having been in private practice, um, just feeling actually this. This the, often, I think as lawyers, we feel that we sort of have to fit into a little bit of a box around how a lawyer should, be, should behave, how they should present themselves externally. And I found that was often a disconnect with lots of the people I, I knew who were, who were fun and took really real joy in what they were doing and passionate about their work. And I thought we just needed to grab some of that and let's, let's set ourselves a little bit apart and um, have a name which is quite distinctive and, um, and have that sort of sense of playfulness and, you know, and somehow they're still not taking ourselves too seriously while actually being um, uh, showcasing people as um, the, the highly competent professionals that they are. So that's, that's what we've tried to do with that playfulness. And I think there was something quite liberating about it because, uh, you know, if I think back to some of those early videos where you were asking people to talk about, you know, quite complex topics like blockchain, but how to explain it in two minutes. And I suspect for those that were doing it, that was quite liberating because, you know, it wasn't, oh, I've got to, I've got to talk about this for, for 30 minutes and to go into every detail. I can just kind of focus on what the real essence is um, and see if I can communicate that maybe to an audience who are not overly familiar with it. Yeah. Um, and I think because it was breaking outside that, that mould, there, there was a sense of sort of that natural liberation and fun and, and joy to it as yeah, well. Yeah, it yeah. It came across. That's right. And the very first thing we did with those videos, it was uh, uh, two minute or 90 seconds takes on a particular topic. And um, yeah, ask quite interesting reaction when you ask a lawyer to explain their, their topic of choice in that time. Um, and I remember when we were filming those, you'd have very different approaches to it. So some people would want to be super scripted and, and tight and do multiple takes. And others, I think people who saw themselves as a little bit of a performer would quite sort of enjoy sort of standing up and ad-libbing for a bit and then looking at their watch going, how is that, 83 seconds and so on. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Yeah, those who are following the, uh, the, the Queen at Live Aid of, uh, approach by sort of scripting it to the second and then those who were going for a bit of improv. Um, exactly, uh, exactly. 
So, so what stage did you think, you know what, this is, this is really going somewhere? Well, so, um, so I guess it was the first stage about whether to start doing it full time. And I hung on for actually for quite a while because I was hoping that there would be a, um, a you know, single clear objective moment where something happened and I could frankly actually say to everybody else, I think there's something there that about um, risk and uh, worrying about how, how, how one is perceived. And I was sort of waiting for the moment to be able to say, look, this thing has happened with won some huge deal or something where clearly I should now go and work on this full time. Um, and so I was doing it alongside the day job at Global Fashion Group for um, a year or so. And that moment never came. It was, we were getting more traction. We could see, I could see that um, people kind of enjoying what we were doing. But we never quite got that moment. Um, and I realized that actually it was on me to make that decision. And ultimately, it came down to something else, which is that I actually was looking quite seriously at another role. Um, and I realized that this was a bit of a fork in the road, that if I um, took a new in-house lawyer job, um, I really needed to do that properly. And not that I wasn't doing it properly at GFG, but um, uh, I think bringing a, this sort of side project with me um, I, I just needed to decide, like, was I going to pursue this thing or not? And if I, if I wasn't, then, um, you know, I was clearly all talk, let's just park it. But actually, I thought, you know, why not? Um, what actually does, what is the risk profile here? What is the worst case scenario? Um, what would happen if I gave this a crack and after a couple of years it hasn't worked? What, what, I literally thought, what does a CV look like? What would I write? Um, and that helped me a little bit with that feeling of risk, uh, which I think a lot of lawyers um, worried about doing something a bit different, wor worry about. And I try to make that concrete rather than abstract, that literally, let's say the company crashes and burns in two years. How, what, what are the bullets on my CV when I go back, tail between my legs to try and get a job somewhere? And when you'd made that decision and, you'd, and there you were, you know, you'd, you'd sort of unmoored yourself from those, uh, those previous roles and that was it. It was Crafty Council. How did that, how did that feel in those early days? It felt very exciting, but um, one thing, there are some things I, I would, a number of things I definitely do differently about Crafty. And I think one thing at the time was, I realized now that I felt then a, strong compulsion to get on and build this company and do things. And again, I think that was probably a little bit about worrying about perception, that I wanted to be able to say to friends and family that, look, you know, it's, we're, we're doing stuff, we've got, uh, we're generating revenue, um, we're growing the business, um, it's going places. And I think what that meant was actually I fell into the trap of probably those first few months uh, of making myself quite busy and uh, pedaling really, really fast, rather than really taking the time and having the confidence to say, okay, but where is this going? And I think if I, if I were advising someone in a similar position, I would say, you know, have that confidence to just stop and pause. Actually, no one really cares that much about what you're doing here. If Crafty Council just goes into hibernation for a few months, while you, while you really, really um, 
devote yourself to speaking to people, understand, speak, in our case, speaking to in-house lawyers, what do they want? What should we build for them? How, how do we bring this community together? I think that would have been time really well spent. Um, and I think instead at the time, I sort of really jumped in. Started, we were doing videos, so we'll do more videos. Um, and, uh, and just trying to pedal furiously. And I think a lot of that was on my feeling of wanting to, uh, of, of, of having left legal practice and being able to say to people, this isn't crazy, look, there's progress. And was it something there also, I, I, I suspect, about, you know, this is what had got you so far, so let's just do more of it? Yeah, absolutely. Abs absolutely. Because we had been, we had developed a bit of a brand and people had noticed and we had already met, actually, by, the, by that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and if you, people had said, hey, what is this thing? What are you doing? This, this interesting, weird thing with these videos, with lawyers speaking for 90 seconds, etc. So that was definitely the thing, the feeling, well, everyone liked this, let's just keep doing more of that. I think actually what I should have done is left, left the job and then just stopped and said, pause, six months to really, really map this out um, and think how we're gonna tackle, how we're gonna tackle this. But anyway, live and learn. Well, I think it's fair to say that Crafty Council has evolved somewhat uh, since those days. So, um, how would you describe what it what it does now and the journey to, to there? So what we are now is we're a community for in-house lawyers. Um, so remember I described before that sense of isolation, atomization with legal teams. Do you know, this week we actually had a couple of events for in-house lawyers and uh, I was talking about that journey and it was very clear that that feeling of isolation really, really resonates still with, with people. Um, so uh, that's always been sort of the diagnosis of the problem. Um, what we are today is, is we're a community for those people, a community for in-house lawyers and other in-house legal professionals like legal operations, compliance, etc. So that's at the core of it. And then around that, we've built various business lines. So um, events, we do a lot of events from big things like in the summer, we had Crafty Fest in Regent's I Park. I love that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> So that was fun, 300 lawyers in Regent's Park having barbecues and uh, listening to music and having some interesting talks. Um, so uh, from that to dinners, breakfast for smaller sector groups of in-house lawyers. Um, so there's an events bit which is now very active. Um, we do still a lot of content, so um, interviews with lawyers, panels, podcasts, um, etc. And a lot of that we do in partnership with law firms and legal tech and so on, showcasing what else is going on in the market. And then we have a business line called Crafty Council Insights, which is consulting and research, again, for the legal market. And the, the common thread of all of it is a, the in-house lawyer community at the heart of it. And then now working with um, a, quite a curated group of partners to in-house lawyers in those various ways. So people who come in with us on our events or our content or our research and consulting and so on. So people want to understand in-house legal better. Okay, so looking back now on, you know, on what, what you've achieved with Crafty Council, what do you feel were the biggest challenges and how did you overcome them? Um, I, so I think that, that first thing of what exactly, here's this problem, the, um, 
the isolation of in-house lawyers. How exactly do we tackle that? So getting what in the sort of startup parlance they call product, product market fit. Um, and that first year or so, actually really up until the pandemic, we really concentrate on this video thing. And to your earlier point, people like the video so much, I just thought, let's just do more and more of that. And so um, I was going around telling people this is uh, HBO for in-house lawyers or Netflix for in-house lawyers. Um, and it was all very, very, very video led. Um, and what we weren't doing was really bringing people together, except tangentially, because people would come and film in a studio. Um, and uh, we did a launch party for some of the, the, the videos. And what actually was happening, which I only realized subsequently, was people were attracted to that community. So they liked being part of these filming days and meeting other in-house lawyers and maybe sharing the video with their friends and their team and so on. Um, but, uh, but that was actually what it was. So y your question was what, what was what have been some of the biggest challenges? I think that one around making sure that we're delivering exactly what this community wants. And that took a little while to figure out. And we got there, I think, during, during the pandemic. Um, so I think that was key. And you've alluded to this a few times. And of course, uh, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But is there anything that you might have done differently? Yeah, so I think, um, as I said, sort of taking a little bit more time to figure out exactly what we wanted the market, market, market to be. I think some practical stuff. So because it looked like the this video product was what we wanted to do, we then raised some what you, we call angel financing um, from uh, some much cherished uh, investors to pursue that vision. I think actually if I'd spent a little bit of time right at the outset, um, we would have still ended up, I think, raising finance, but for a slightly different model and perhaps a little bit later. Um, so I think that was, that was an important one. And I think, and just another point that I'm still, I think, learning as I go along is not, I think, really remembering to think, um, to think long term, not fall in love with the solution rather than the problem. So I think sometimes many entrepreneurs find this, that uh, uh, to, you have an idea every day and then you can end up pursuing many, many different things. Um, and spreading yourself and indeed the team a little bit too thinly. So I think now starting to have the discipline of saying, okay, this is this is what we are. These are the things that we stand for. Let's prioritize exactly what we want to do. And I think as a company, we're now we're now much better at doing that today. Now, Ben, one of the things that I've I've always enjoyed when talking to you is your just sheer passion and enthusiasm for, for what you do. It just comes through. And so what is it that really excites you about what you do and what are you most um, excited about for the future? Great question. Um, I think I have always been quite passionate about it. And I think it does come back to the community. I really, I really enjoy spending time with people in our in-house lawyer community. Um, and we... And seeing that we do make a difference to um, to their working lives, um, helping them to develop friendships and people who can support them in what they're doing, um, getting to meet them uh, online or in person at our events, that's very, very gratifying. And that then feels like you've sort of, there is some, you've made a, a little difference in the world. And I suppose that's been, 
all along, I think creativity has been quite an important word. That this thing that I sort of, you know, we're still objectively a small business, right? But this feeling of, well, roll back a few years and justice didn't exist at all. And now it does. And there's, uh, there's a company and a brand out there and we have a team who work for us. And um, in, in small ways perhaps, but quite a number of people's lives have been altered by the fact that we exist and have brought people together and are doing what we're doing. That's enormously gratifying. And that for me has sort of definitely scratched an itch I've always had about creativity and creating something in the world. And I think of... Um, I've found that entrepreneurship has been a really satisfying way to try and address that. And is that what you're most proud of in terms of what you've achieved? Yeah, I suppose that's a, that's a very sort of abstract sense of um, when I was at university, for example, I used to do a lot of student theatre. So I've always had this like slight sort of creative bent. And um, in, a, in a very abstract sense, that feels very satisfying. There was nothing. Now there is something. Um, it was all in my head. And now it's out there, and um, and we just had our team offsite last week, talking about the vision of what we've what we've done and where we're going. That's enormously exciting, and to have all of us in our team really bought into that and excited about that vision for the next few years. That's that's enormously um, gratifying. That's very abstract. There are specific things, but I think that sense of of creativity has been um, personally very important. Okay, and, and finally, if we could wind back the clock a few years, you know, what advice would the Ben of today give the Ben of a few years ago? Mm. I think, um, well, go for it with confidence. And I think that that comes into this earlier point I was making about taking the time to really think through what um, what this thing is going to be. And actually that comes from a place of having confidence, having the confidence to say, um, we're, we're gonna take a, take a little while to figure this out. And subsequently, I think there have been moments where, definitely moments that have gone along, where I've received very well-intentioned advice from other entrepreneurs, partners, family, um, investors, potential investors. And advice can be quite a dangerous thing. Sometimes it can be very helpful and you need to listen to it, but sometimes it can pull you in different directions. And I, I know that I've had conversations where someone's made a throwaway comment, which to them probably didn't mean very much, but actually for me, I, um, I think I probably gave too much weight to it. Um, and so I think I would say to that Ben of the past, really think through what you want this to be and have the confidence to pursue that and um, listen to the advice, but also be prepared to know when to say actually, thank you, but interesting, interesting data point, so to speak, but we are still gonna go in this direction for the following reasons. Thank you. And I'd, actually, I do have another question, which is the distillery in uh, Chile. Do you think that's going to make a, a comeback? Or maybe, maybe you could do the Crafty Council craft beer. Uh, yeah, maybe there's been there's been a lot of suggestions about what we could do with um, what we could do with Crafty. So I think some people are suggesting Crafty Fest next year. Maybe we should have a craft corner. 
um, and you. we could do knitting or things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this dinner idea maybe maybe this, it maybe in some in some shape or form it would be quite nice to do something like that. Well, maybe we'll we'll meet again yeah. in, in two or three years, and we'll just see uh, what's happened in Chile since then. Mm. But, um, ben, thank you so much for coming along. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and good luck with all things Crafty Council. Ian, thank you. Really um, grateful to be invited, and just enjoy the conversation. Also.